Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. I'm super, I'm super grateful you're listening today. And I just want to sit down, let, let my gratitudes sink in for everyone listening, you know. And uh, before we get into today's guest, and I'm going to give her a quick intro, um, I'm going to say the quote of the day, and it comes from one of my, my favorite books, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. And it says, you should sit in meditation for 20 minutes every day, unless you're too busy, then you should sit for an hour. And that's one of my, one of my favorite quotes. And I think it will resonate and pop up in this conversation today. Today's guest is Eileen Ramirez. And I'm so glad I pronounced, like, so proud of myself for pronouncing it right on the first try. Usually it takes me a couple of tries, but um, <laughs> I'm going to have her introduce herself and then we'll go from there. So Eileen, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I literally, you got me on a good day. Literally, I feel like there's love and gratitude running through every cell of my body. So feeling extra grateful this Monday. I love it. I love it. So tell me a little bit um, about who you are and what you do and all that good stuff. Sure. So I am the creator of the business Unearth. Unearth was just started this year. Ideally, it is, if I had to put it in one word, it's like a wellness company. And we focus on showing you or offering rather the services or modalities that you can use uh, to integrate plant medicines. So mm. you can view it in two ways. Like some people will use breathwork, yoga, meditation, all of that to integrate their plant medicine realizations. Or you could um, view it from the other aspect of if you're start, if you're trying to start a healing journey or a spiritual journey, what are the, like the most common or the best modalities? modalities to use. I'm going to, you know, offer up breath work, yoga, Reiki, space cleansing, and that stuff. So before that, I was a yoga instructor. And mm -hmm. I guess before yoga instructor, I was a kid actress. Um, so mm -hmm. have always sort of been in this, definitely like my gift is having to do with like the heart and the throat chakra. Like authenticity is like, it's just what I strive to be every single day mm -hmm. and then I would say besides um, if you want to put it in simple terms what I'm focusing on right now is um, actually being a self-love coach for mm. so long I did not like the word coach um, but really once I sort of got over <laughs> that sort of like fear really like stigma on like what a coach is Mm -hmm. um, I developed this like new um, coaching program that is to help you heal mind, body, soul, and then protection. So it's taking all of the modalities that I offer and putting it into a four-week program. So mind is breath work, right? Because through breath work, mm -hmm. we learn to quiet the mind, open the heart. Body is yoga. And it's just like moving energy around in the body. This could be with any type of workout. I do think that yoga is a little bit more special because there's like certain yoga poses that you yeah. are put into and then like breathing for those chakras. So like a popular pose is like pigeon pose. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like you're not gonna, most people aren't gonna just go do pigeon pose in the gym, you know? So yoga is very special. And then soul, which is Reiki, it's energy healing. It's like understanding your chakras, understanding where they're imbalanced in your everyday life, um, coming back 
to trying to balance yourself so that you're like a balanced being. And -hmm. then the last part is like protection. So it's like keeping your energy protected. It's basically this idea of like, we always want to pour, um, like that saying of you need to pour from a full cup. Yeah. Um, so understanding really what that means. And I would say like 99% of the time people think they are, but they're actually not because they yeah. have no idea how full that cup actually has to get. So that's mm. what I love to specialize on. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love all of those things. Um, I'm curious, did your work as a child actress and this idea of authenticity, did those clash when you were younger mm-hmm. of acting and trying to be authentically you? Yes. So it was actually when I became, I started acting when I was 12 and my two um, acting teachers, they were the ones who actually introduced me into spirituality. So they Mm. talked about law of attraction and they would say like, you will not make it in this industry if you do not manifest. So I was like brought into it at a very young age. So they had you read the book, The Secret to Teen Power. So it's basically the book, The Secret, but dumbed down for like a teenager. And I started like manifesting at a really young age. And then like my friends were like, why do you get everything you want? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I manifest it. So then I would like tell all my friends how to manifest. Um, so it definitely like clashed into one, but I would never say that I've had an issue with like authenticity until mm-hmm. I sort of, into like my adulthood that I started yeah. like, you know, overthinking life sort of got in the way I adopted ideas and realized that's not really who I am and stuff. So, you know, it's interesting. Like you grow up, to learn to be a child again and when you're Mm. a child you're learning to be an adult so you know yeah and that that totally resonates with me as well um like with the podcast I used to I tell this story all the time but I used to go up Mm -hmm. to to random people in this restaurant called the boneyard on Sundays and I'd ask them like what NFL team they were cheering for and why like I just had Mm -hmm. to know like and I especially had to know why you were cheering for that team and uh now I'm just kind of like exploring that same childlike wonder and curiosity just in a different format and I think it's it's pretty cool to realize how much your your child knew without you knowing you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely I've oh we can like I mean we don't have to get into it right now but I've this past week alone I've just like realized how much smarter my inner child is than me like for Mm -hmm. so long I always thought I needed my future self like oh I need my future self guidance tell me that we're gonna make it tell me where we're headed and it's actually the inner child's strength and Mm. the courage that you need of like are we you know because children just do what they love they do what they want they don't think about really anything else um that the strength and the courage we're looking for comes from our inner child not our future self yeah and I think unpacking your uh your childhood experiences can tell a lot about your like future struggles evening even Mm -hmm. like I remember before basketball practices in like third grade I used to be really anxious and worried about like you know the practice and at that time I was pretty overweight and so I'd always get worried about like the sprint (laughs) the sprints at the end of practice like what if Uh I don't make it then everybody else has to run extra because of me and uh so I remember like being anxious and like insecure of myself at like a young age. And then I found that that insecurity came back up when I stopped playing sports and I didn't really know my identity after I stopped playing sports. 
So I was like asking those questions, like, who am I? What do I want to do? Like, what do I want to pursue? And that's when I started like this journey of like asking myself what I enjoyed doing as a kid and now incorporating Mm -hmm. that into my life. Yeah, I love that. I would even take that one step further of when I was younger on the, because I started my spiritual journey at a young age, like I said, 12. So Mm -hmm. for a long time, I thought that I did know who I was. Like, I was like, who am I? I'm brave. I am a storyteller. I'm a hopeless romantic. I am an actress. I am light. I, you know, and I kept answering this stuff. And then as I got older and I would ask the question of who am I? And I kept saying these things. I was like, I don't really feel that though. Like I'm Mm. saying it because I got used to it that I went through a stage of like, finally one day like it clicked of like who am I and it was like nothing like I am nothing therefore I can be anything right that sort Mm. of idea that it's like really now taking back of like am I brave or do I choose to be brave every single day right so it's Mm. like sometimes like I wouldn't really describe myself as a brave person but I would describe myself as I choose to, or I intend to be brave every single day. And there's something about like, it's funny, like all I'm adding is like a couple different words, but there's something about like, if I take on that title, it almost feels like I have to be brave 24 seven or like I am fearless 24 seven. And that's not true. Um, That things that are like more genuine to me is like, I am human that much. I do know, like I love having human emotional experiences um, that the question of just answering, like, who am I has changed a lot over the years. And I'm going to suspect that, you know, when I'm 40, it's also going to continue to evolve and change. And I'm okay with that now that I'm learning to like really release attachment and like, let go and, Mm. pretty much practice non-attachment every day Mm. did you have a point where you realized that you were attached to a certain outcome with like what you wanted in your life and how like now that you're at the point where you're detaching from those things did you have like was it a big or small moment that you realized that you were attached to a certain outcome I'd probably say it was a big moment. It was, even though like then I didn't realize how big it was, looking Mm -hmm. back, it was a huge moment because it literally turned my world upside down. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Was it, so, so you went from like child actress and then you went into teaching yoga Mm -hmm. and how did you stumble across yoga, like making that switch to, to yoga? yoga? Honestly, it's kind of like, it's a stupid, not a stupid, but it's a silly story. I, by the time I was like 18 and I was like no longer really doing acting and I had to like pay my car bills, you know, cause I bought a really nice car with like my acting <laughs> money, but I was no longer <laughs> acting and stuff. My parents were like, well, we're not going to pay the car for you. Like you got to pay your bills. So then I started like getting part-time jobs, right? At like random places, like a food, like Chop Stop was one of them. That was like when I was like younger though. And then just like retail, you know? And I like, didn't like it. Like I hated it. So then my best friend at the time, 
she was getting her yoga certificate when she was mm. like, I think she got it when she was 16. Yeah. Like her mom, her mom's awesome. Like brought her into yoga at a young age. And I just remember thinking to myself of like, well, if I'm going to have a part-time job, I just want to be a yoga instructor. And I think I had done like yoga, like maybe for a month before uh-huh. I started to do the teacher training. I was like, okay, I'm like doing this. So I actually decided to, I, it, I know it's like, so like, really, you decided to be a yoga instructor before you actually did yoga. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was the actual yoga teacher training that really made me fall in love with mm. the practice. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, no, I actually love that story because it's like, everybody thinks that you have to have like all the, like certain chips in line or like to do this, to do this. And, oh, you have to do like, you have to like hole punch this ticket to get to where you're going. But really it's just like, you know what, if you want to try out yoga, like you did it for a month and then you were like, all right, I'm going to go get my teacher. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And then you did it. And now look, look how far it's taken you. Oh yeah, definitely. I know. I, th- I feel like also a lot of people expect some like grand story. Like I had been doing yoga for years <laughs> and it changed my life. I was like, nope, <laughs> it's like nothing yep. like that. Uh, but the main thing that yoga actually changed about me is the way I was speaking to myself mm. because um, so I started with yoga sculpt, which isn't really yoga. It's like 15 minutes of yoga and the rest is just like sculpting with like weights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, they, there's a part, there's like a lot of push-ups and cardio and glutes and stuff, you know? So if it was like me and like my friends or like my cousins, we'd be like, come on, like, don't give up. Like you got this. And they're like, oh, you can't say that in like the studio. You have to say things like in a positive outlook. So you'd have to say like, you are stronger than you think. Mm. It really like, there's no way that you can change that about yourself and not take it outside of the yoga classroom. Like it right. would be really difficult that I just started like hearing myself of like, wow, I'm actually like really negative. And like, just because I would say it as a joke of like, Oh, Eileen, you don't look good today. Like you look kind of ugly. Like I, I would think that I'm like, no need to get sad over it. Like just I'm being honest with myself and I was like Mm. oh like you really genuinely should not view yourself that way and then it just like in a weird way kind of became awkward to then be aware of like how others speak to themselves I was like wow they really should not like it's just such a common thing of like we badge ourselves for what we're not good at right instead of Mm. like focusing on the positive like no one ever yeah, if you ask someone like how they're doing, they'll like, at least I don't, I'm not going to speak for you. I would say in my life and the people I was surrounding myself with in my family members and some of my friends, like they would be seen as like a positive person, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you ask them like how they're doing, they'll focus on the bad of like, well, I'm going through this. I'm going through this breakup. Me and this friend got in this fight. And I was like, I didn't ask like the drama in your life. Like I asked how you were doing. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, just beginning to make that change. And when you make a change like that, naturally you start to surround yourself with a different group of people. So. Yeah. And I, your words definitely matter a lot. And even the, the, like the progression of your thoughts become your words, your words become your habits or yeah, like habits or actions, mm-hmm. thoughts become words words become actions, actions become habits. Um, I think that's how it goes. 
it's yeah, something like that. I think that. you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember when, so my godmother, she left her corporate job at KeyBank after like 30 years, became a yoga instructor and life coach. She took me on to help like coach me of like where I wanted to go to college. And it turned mm-hmm. into like way more than I could ever imagine. And she yeah. uh, introduced me to like Dr. Joe Dispenza and all that stuff with like the power of your mind. And uh, I think it's so true. And I think that sometimes we even, uh, we manifest small mm-hmm. and cut ourselves short of like the things that we're, um, we're actually capable of doing in life. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all normally due to fear, like we play mm. small. So. Yeah. yeah. Is there, so on a typical day for you, what is, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Or is it, well, all, I can't, is it, is it different every day? Um, it is different every day, but I also, so I don't know if you know, but I took the last, we're on like month eight now, eight months off. I just quit my nine to five job. So what I do is like, just focus on healing. Um, so I'll talk about how it's if I could talk about how it is now, my everyday before, like maybe even two months ago was like a long breathwork session of like an hour, once a week therapy, Mm -hmm. once a week, my, uh, Reiki once a week, like with my own Reiki master meditating at least like twice a day reading for an hour a day like it was all like yin practices because I was like so focused on my healing journey and Mm -hmm. like it it all was like about me um whereas now it's like a little bit more structured and stuff um but again like I'm I'm still it's not that I don't work I just I don't have like a nine to five so I am fully focused on being like the business owner of an earth. And I guess what you want to call like a wellness entrepreneur. Mm. And I put in order for me to continue to embody those things, I continue to heal myself. Um, So I would say like, I have this like 15 minute rule, like, let's say if we're on a pack day of uh, mind, body, soul movement. So Typically I'll start if let's say I only have 15 minutes that morning for whatever reason, it would be five Mm -hmm. minutes of yoga because you're moving around energy in the body, five minutes of breath work uh, because like you're quieting the mind. And again, it just like puts you into this calm state and then five minutes of meditation. Mm. Um, Typically I don't, I just, so I just call it the 15 minute rule because it like puts it simple. I would say on an, on average, I probably do like 30 minutes of yoga 30 minutes of breath work and mm-hmm. then maybe 10, 15 minutes of meditating. Um, and then from there, it's like just seeing what I want to do for the day. So I would say that's the only thing that is the same. Everything yeah. else is more about like listening to my body. So for example, today was a completely inner child week. I have yeah. been in the pool all day. I have been journaling, um, taking in, because we had a, our breathwork workshop for an earth, uh, it was this past weekend. And even though I am like holding the space and quote unquote, not the one healing, there is yeah. a lot of healing being done for me because I too have my own intention to hold space. Yeah. And I too get responses um, from spirit and get downloads and get 
basically like my questions answered. So mm. a big part that I'm working on right now is the receiving aspect. It's normally really uncomfortable for me when people like compliment like um, my work or me and Mike's, uh, my partner, like the way we hold space together, it is really magical. I won't yeah. say, but when people comment on it and like say that it is, I'm like, okay, cool. Like we don't need to talk about this. Like, you know, uh -huh. like I don't, you know, it's for some reason it's uncomfortable for me. So this past um, couple of weeks, I've been focusing on just like receiving it and yeah. being like grateful that I am receiving it. Um, so again, like all I've been focusing on today is like receiving and like really being like grateful for my inner child because she's the one who's been giving me the strength for like the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so um, again, like I even went on social media, like I'm not really like, I haven't been on social media at all today, but besides to post like taking the entire day off just to like fully integrate, like how magical this past weekend was. I did a mm. couple things, like I need to send out their integration email to like, so that they have like the tools on like what's next step after breath work and stuff. So I did a couple of that. That's like gonna be ready to go for tonight. So when I send it out, but really yeah. I've just been in the pool journaling. I did breath work outside. It was beautiful. I meditated outside um you know and it's because the person who needs recognition right now is my inner child um mm. yeah so i love that and i think it's amazing that you can you um you can be on your own like healing journey and also mm -hmm. help heal others with their journey mm -hmm. and it um it reminded me of uh, of a young pueblo young Pueblo quote, I think. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how it's more so in the sense of, of relationships, but you don't have to be completely healed to like put yourself in a vulnerable position to be in a, in a relationship. And I think that a lot of us are caught up in this mindset, especially after like a breakup or something that we can't fully like be with someone else without fully being healed. But I think that um, like being understanding that your healing journey is something that is ongoing for forever kind of, and there's no end destination. Yeah, exactly. I 100% agree. And it really does come back to that, that non-attachment. Um, I think the reason people say like, oh, you can't be in a relationship because you're not healed um, comes from this idea that they think the person they're with is a person they're meant to be with for the rest of this lifetime, like their yeah. life partner. And sometimes it is a hard truth that they just came into your life to rock your shit up for a year. And then so that you can lose yourself for a year, be like, holy shit, like what happened? And uh -huh. it's like, you should be thanking your spirit guides. <laughs> they did all <laughs> of that for you so that you'll get on this like healing journey. Um, and, you know, it, I don't know. It's like different every time. I definitely think the more healed you are, the um, the most like aligned partner that will come into your life. Mm. And when my partner, when Mike came into my life, it was definitely in that trajectory of I thought I was healed. And then I really see saw when I started doing plant medicine work, how unhealed I was. I was like, mm. 
wow. And for so long, I would question, I was like, how did I manifest him? Like, why did he come into my life now? Like, is this like supposed to be right and stuff? And the truth is like, who, I don't know if he did not, if he did not come into my life, I don't know if I would be where I'm at today because Mm. he's really helped me to embody who I am. And he is the first person I've ever been in a healthy relationship. And for so long, I used to always think like, when I find the right one, it's going to be easy. It's going to be the easiest relationship ever. Mm. And if I'm being honest, it is actually the most difficult relationship I've ever been in because there is, there is no room to be toxic. Like in a toxic relationship, you just push that person away. You break up with them as many times as you want. You really don't care about them. Like, you know, it's almost like you're like a narcissist in a weird way. But with a healthy relationship, they like set their boundaries. They communicate their needs and their wants. So then when I don't do that, because I have no idea how to do that, it really like, it raises the bar of like, this is where you have to meet me because- Mm. And then there's times where like, I'll try to self-sabotage and be like, well, maybe like we're not supposed to be together. And then I have to almost like remind myself of like the strength that I see in him is the same strength that he sees in me. That's Mm. the only way that we could have manifested each other and vice versa. When I would be like in toxic relationships, it would be because I'm like the fixer. And I liked to be before um, I met Mike, I like to be with people who I needed to fix. Mm. And in that, like in my last relationship, he was diagnosed depressed. He was very like the most depressed person I've ever met. And I remember, cause I was like spiritual at the time. I was like, how did I manifest this person? Like what's going mm-hmm. on? That at the end of the relationship, I saw that the same depression that he has is the equivalent that's in me. I'm just not diagnosed with it and I'm just better at hiding it. But I Mm. had the exact same depression that I was like, almost just not looking at for years. And I got so good at convincing people that I'm like, happy all the time, so much so that it like became my identity. So now I see relationships in that, uh, in that way, like even with my friendships, like, what is it in me that is also in them that's attracting us to be together? you know, and you begin to see like from that perspective of like who is meant to be in your life and who you can let go of. So uh, I'll give like a simple example. I realized in myself that I um, was not taking action behind my words. Like I would have an idea and I would talk about it with people. I'd be so excited. And then that was it. Like that's where I would stop. And I was like, you know, doing my healing, doing my breath work, doing my meditation. I realized that the people I surround myself with are that same way. They'll have Mm -hmm. a business idea or they'll have any idea, talk about it and then just not do anything about it. So Mm. I got, I started thinking to myself, like, what am I doing talking to someone about me trying to take action behind something I'm struggling with if they themselves do the same, that I began to not tell those friends my ideas I began to not brainstorm with them or confine in them and then the result of that was like some of them just lightly sort of left the path and others just like they accepted it you know so like we talked 
from time to time. You know, I never straight up said like, I don't hang out with you because <laughs> you, don't take, you know what I mean? It was uh -huh. nothing like that. Um, but it's really allowed me to just see things from a bigger perspective and not just not be so attached. And knowing that if a friend is meant to stay in my life, they always will be. I have so many mm -hmm. friendships in my life that I'll see them and we'll be hanging out. We're like, wow, it hasn't been two years since we've seen each other. And that's a common case for a lot of people due to like the pandemic and COVID, yeah. you know, that I was like, these are very dear friendships to me. And who knows, 10 years may go by and we may still have that type of relationship where we see each other once a year or 10 years may go by and we may never talk to each other again. And I now have just sort of the acceptance that the people who are meant to stay in my life will, because I will always extend my arm out but I no longer will be chasing after them, forcing mm. them to take my hand. Mm. Um, so that was yeah, I always go on. I'm so sorry. I always go on these long tangents. I was like, oh, but this idea. Oh, and here. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I think that's like I, such like the beauty of podcasts is like you can't you can't script something. And I think that when people are truly their true like authentic and vulnerable selves um mm -hmm. what they say is is pretty like it's beautiful and you can't get mm -hmm. that through through anything else so yeah 100 percent agreed i'm curious so going into like after your your prior relationships weren't as mm -hmm. good how did you show up and like be vulnerable in your relationship that's currently successful if you wanted to or, um well like go ahead. go ahead oh the real answer is I didn't for mm. so long like you know when well I don't know if you know that feeling of leaving a relationship that's bad for you and thinking well, that's over with, I can be myself now. And then you see there's all of these blocks in the way, like all mm. of these walls, and you're realizing how much you've actually changed in that year or however long it was um, that I've had to work very hard at it. Mm -hmm. And it still is difficult for me. So something that and it's an ongoing struggle, but I'm getting better at it. When I was younger, I was um, very, I said what was on my mind. I never second guessed myself. I mm -hmm. was not afraid of confrontation. I called everyone out. Yeah. So my family and all of my old friends who see me this way are very confused with the Eileen they see now. So yeah. I struggle with it in the sense that I don't ever tell someone, and I would say like six months ago, um, I stopped telling my friends when something bothered me. I And because of that, I never gave them the chance to sort of like make up that I just started dropping people. And mm. without me knowing it, like for me, it was just like, oh, I think this is like a sign, like they're not supposed to be in my life. And like, looking back at it now, I was like, I ne they never even knew that I was upset with them. Mm. Um, so then taking that now into a romantic relationship, 
it is something we have to work on because when we first started our like in the beginning of our relationship my partner would tell me things he didn't like like small things like I don't know. I can't really think. So now we're getting, we're, we're getting all the tea right now behind Mike's (laughs) bag. That's what's happening. Uh, But he's just really good at just like communicating like normal things. Um, I can't think of one right now, but for me, I was never saying things that I bothered me Mm -hmm. Um, that like six months into the relationship, he's like, well, how was I supposed to know? this bothered you if you like never told me you know like okay I can think of an example of I'm really eco-friendly okay Mm -hmm. I if I order out I don't get any of the utensils to go you know because it's a waste of plastic or I don't use any plastic bottles I Uh, I just said I just drank out of a plastic bottle but I apologize (laughs) I'll be better no no, you're fine so Mike is more of a well, I'm going to take care of me, you know? So he's going to go, like he went to the gym, right? And he's going to go next door to get a water instead of just waiting 10 minutes until he gets home to drink water. And I'm like, why can't you just wait the 10 minutes? And it's like more eco-friendly. So this is something that's so small, right? Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't tell him. I'd be like, oh, like, why is he doing this? Like, he's totally doing this on purpose. He like, doesn't care about the planet. And then he's like, no, I just didn't even think of it in that way. Mm -hmm. So like in me stating that he like tries to be better about it, you know, and that's something very small, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. not a deal breaker. So then when it got to um, communicating things that were deal breakers, the truth was that for me, I had no idea what was a deal breaker. Um, you know, like truly the only deal breaker that I could think of is like communication. Like Mm -hmm. if we cannot communicate, there's like, there's no point and loyalty. If there's not going to be loyalty between us, like there's no point. Mm. Um, we have amazing loyalty between us. Like that's never an issue, but then the communication is always off on like my side (laughs) because I don't communicate my needs and my wants. So I've had to work on it with like a therapist of first figuring out what my needs and wants are. So the way Mm. it sort of started was I knew if he crossed a boundary because I would give unsolicited attitude or I started giving anxiety. So then I'd be like, I'd have to figure out like, why am I, I'd almost have to work backwards of like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm getting anxiety, which means he did something wrong, but I don't know what he did because I didn't communicate it. And it's sort of this like mechanism that I put up in my brain where like my brain doesn't, is not telling me like what is going on. It's, it's Mm -hmm. almost like they cut me off and my ego's like we'll take care of this for you you just keep doing being you and I was like uh you're not doing a great job um so yeah I don't know if I answered your question but really is I have to constantly work on it every day and I think Mm. the gift of him seeing the real me and glimpses through the work I'm doing whether it's the plant medicine or breath work or all of the healing um alone has made its connection between us um and I know this like I know if I stopped healing 
we may just not have that connection between us anymore because mm. he sees um I feel like he's really good at seeing the authentic me of like the Eileen with no fear and I'm so used to seeing the Eileen with fear who mm. speaks out of fear who that's why she doesn't say what upsets her because fear of abandonment um so it's like I'm very grateful to like be with someone who like focuses so much on the positive um that I think my homework is to like almost come back to that Eileen because I knew for so many years I was her like if anything maybe too much of an optimist that I had to become a pessimist so that I could find my balanced being state Mm. yeah and I think it's amazing to have friendships or romantic relationships that they can see you in a way that you don't even see yourself because you're so like zoomed in on the picture that you can't Mm -hmm. zoom out and see the full picture. I think sometimes even like myself, I get so zoomed in on like what my mind tells me I am, but Mm -hmm. then I have those constant reminders of those friends who see me as like much more, you know, courageous or brave than I actually like think I am. And those reminders and those reminders mean a lot. So I think it's important to to vocalize those reminders to your friends, even if you haven't like seen them in a while, whatever, because you never know, like, you know, when you get that message from someone, you're like, man, like I needed that today. And Mm -hmm. I really think like when your intuition gut tells you like, hey, shoot a text over to someone, like tell them something. um, I think it can go a lot further than people think of it. So I think Mm -hmm. those those friendships or those relationships are a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like you're someone who has a lot of friends. I do, and I, but I also enjoy keeping my circle small. Um, okay. I like to, uh, I open up to like my brother and about two or three other people. And mm-hmm. um, I think part of the, the podcast is also working on me, like opening up myself mm-hmm. and uh, even like, in the episode with Mike, I told him a story about how I cried in front of like a group of people in my scholarship program. And I think I'm becoming more comfortable in like my authentic self of like Mm -hmm. actually how I'm feeling and expressing that to people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my, my current like healing journey that I'm on, especially Mm -hmm. with um, like the things going on in my life with like my mom and her health. And then different things that I've been struggling myself I think like that's that's a a big part why I like meditate why I go into the cold the cold plunges and things like that is to Mm -hmm. not run away from like those thoughts those anxieties Mm -hmm. those fears but to to sit with it and and unpack it yeah I think that's so beautiful do you want to know something kind of interesting but, well, yeah. I think it's funny. So you're talking about um, learning to be vulnerable and like for you being a man and like learning to cry. So in my journey, I've had to learn to do the opposite, but the same thing. So for me, I found that I would cry as protection. So mm. if I cry, then they'll stop yelling at me, right? As a kid. So if we cry, they, you know, that I started to do that as an adult, that I lost in that, I lost my strength that it's Mm. actually for me, 
and this is just like for my journey and like right now in order for me to be vulnerable is to not necessarily cry but it's like to allow myself to be seen as a strong person that I really am um that's the vulnerability and I don't know if like you want to use the stigma for women but specifically for me where we get so used to being seen as emotionals or you know have to be the caretaker um that my vulnerability involves me actually showing my strength and it's under the same umbrella of vulnerability but there's Mm -hmm. like different branches which is why like I love healing so much you know because um you every individual get to that on their own like no one gave me this realization I gave myself that realization through breath work through plant medicine work like started putting the pieces together and I remember when I wrote it down in my journal I was like what Uh like I cry for like protection like I would have never thought you know like I'm over here thinking I'm so vulnerable I don't care if I cry in front of people and I'm like I basically abused tears (laughs) so yeah I think that's that's so interesting and I never thought of it that way from like my male perspective and I think that's something that's like having conversations like this is is super important to to realize those things and make those connections because without that conversation, I would, I would never know that that's something that females go through under the same umbrella. Um, but in a different way. Yeah. Do you, can I ask you a personal question? I know this is absolutely like yes. Uh, do you have a girlfriend or are you in a relationship? I am not. So I was okay. recently in one that ended a few months ago okay because I can give you some info that I think would uh, bring it back to of like how I manifested Mike and how our relationship became healthy so before I decided that I would ever be in a relationship again there's a um, theme I forgot where I learned this right now but um, basically we're all have feminine and masculine energies So the way I understood it and the way I read it is that I, you are born with half the energy um, based off your sex. So I was born female, right? So I was born with half female energy. And then my goal is to complete the other circle with masculine energy before I go and get into a relationship. So Mm. then what happens is like little girls, they become attached to the first male they see, which typically is their father. So they like go through this stage where actually like if newborns could talk and toddlers, they would actually say that they were in love with their father. Like that's the emotions that they feel. And because Uh of that, they get jealous of their mother. So in a healthy relationship, it's important for the parents to be like, no 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 like this is mommy and daddy's time you need to wait so that's why when girls want their attention from like their dad they shouldn't Mm -hmm. get it as soon as they want it they need to get it when the time's appropriate so that Mm. the child unknowingly suppose this is all like what i've read i was like okay this is kind of making sense so hopefully Uh you can track me so once the little girl she completes her entire half of masculine then she will be ready to mate 
meaning mm. that she will find a partner that's aligned and equivalent to her. So majority of us, I would say like just taking the United States population, like 90% of us don't do that. So yeah. that's why so many girls have daddy issues because they try and go try to find a male that's going to complete that masculine energy for her. Mm. So if you complete it for yourself, you will, it's sort of this feeling of like, I am going to be okay, whether or not I have a man, but I know that I can also be like me if I have a man to my side. So yeah. with Mike, I, I, I was like learning this at the time that I was so like ready to close that circle. So the way I closed it was like, what, what are like male qualities? They take action behind their words. They're independent. Um, they stand up for themselves. They're strong. They work out. Um, they have power in their voice, right? Yeah. Um, so I learned to be all of that stuff for myself before mm. I met Mike. So much so that uh, when we first met, I like didn't want to give him a chance. I was like in this really locked, closed mindset that I was like, I have to be single for four years because not going to get into another toxic relationship and the next one he's going to be it right and then funny enough when I felt me complete that circle which was December of 2020 mm -hmm. he reached out to me again in January and that's when I started to be more open to the idea because mm -hmm. I completed that circle um that it's when I learned this I was like wow I wish everyone knew about this stuff so that it's knowing, so I think the work that you're doing right now is so important because if a female comes into your life and is like almost like threatened by your vulnerability of mm -hmm. like, oh, like if she's like, oh, you're not masculine enough, you know, she's not a good partner for you because she hasn't closed her masculine circle. Right. So if you find another person, so I have my entire feminine masculine closed. And I know that Mike had his, you know, closed when we met, yeah. that we are not, instead of completing each other, we are equals to each mm -hmm. other. So whenever we lack, I can give him masculinity if he needs it and vice versa. You know? Yeah, that was, I love how you said that. I don't know where I heard it, but like the idea where people say like, oh, he completes me. It's like, no, you're an individual <laughs> yourself. You're a hundred percent you. But what you said is, um, is totally true. And I, and unpacking my childhood experience even more like with attachment is when I was super young, my parents got divorced. And mm -hmm. so I think I talked to my brother about this and we're on a long car ride and we just got super deep real fast. And I told him <laughs> that I think I had like fear, like fear of being lonely because of like seeing my parents divorce. And I took that mindset into relationships and then became attached to, you know, like whatever I could like grab onto her at, at the moment, you know? And right. I, I realized that and again, it's like something that you go through during your, your childhood that shows up later in your life that you yeah. never expected, but it did happen. And so now I'm working on unpacking those childhood experiences of like struggling with like, not loneliness, but being mm -hmm. okay with the concept of aloneness. And that's yes. something I journaled, uh, I journaled up about a lot. 
and being okay and comfortable with being alone. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'll take that one step further. And this is a realization that I got through plant medicine. So sometimes it's a little bit difficult to describe these realizations because I almost feel like they're not meant to be articulated. But it was, I think it was Ram Dass even who began to talk about it that I was like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I think I understand more what that plant medicine trip was telling me of like the more alone that you are, the more ability you have to connect to everyone. Because mm. if you're not attached to their like outcome or like sort of where they're at in life, you're able to really meet them where they are at the high vibration. So like, mm. I say this a lot in like healing. When I hold space for someone, let's say for example, breathwork, since we had the breathwork workshop, I'll see someone and they're really going through it. Like they have not stopped crying. I've been giving them Reiki. Um, cleansing them, all of all this stuff, and nothing's working. Sometimes I'll just sit in front of them and literally, like in my mind, saying like, "You are loving awareness. You are loving awareness. You are mm. loving awareness." And it's almost like the way I am viewing them is like they're so beautiful. Like yeah. every tear, their cry is so beautiful. And crazy enough, like eventually they just start to slow down and not cry anymore. And I really believe of like that conscious connection. And that's sort of what I'm talking about of like, I'm so alone, meaning I'm so away from their pain, that it allows me to be an empath to them and really mm -hmm. see them where they are, instead of meeting them down at their pain, and then trying to raise them back up, I just have to wait for them in that loving awareness for them to raise up to my vibration. So mm. if you're constantly feeling lonely, lonely is a low vibrational state, but yeah. the feeling of being alone is a high vibrational state. So really what we're talking about is like, what, how can we go about our day to constantly be at a high vibrational state mm. or you know, like the constant, like we don't want to go high, low, high, low, yeah. but staying at like, what's the happy medium and stuff yeah that's that's amazing <laughs> and i can i've only done how do you pronounce reiki right reiki reiki um mm -hmm. so i did it once with my godmother so her, she did like a meditation and then her friend did the reiki and it was the craziest experience i've had um mm -hmm. there were four of us it was me my two um my two cousins and then another lady and they went around, they, we did a meditation for like 20 minutes and we're in these zero gravity chairs and we had blankets and um, they went around to each person and we had like our eyes closed. I think we had things over our eyes and it was pitch black in the room and they started doing like hand healing stuff. Yeah. And I kid you not, I, I felt like her, like literally like touching my head mm -hmm. and everything just went like white and it was like bliss and it was mm -hmm. like, I felt super at peace. And I, yeah. I didn't really, it was about two years ago. I need to do it again. Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, I just felt like so at, at peace and like so calm. And um, I remember after the experience, we we're talking about it. And she goes, yeah, like I was all the way in the back of the corner of the room, Gabe, like when I was like, like doing my work. And she was like, you kept on pushing me back or whatever. And I had to like, I was like 20 feet away from you. 
And I was like, that's crazy. Cause I felt you like right on my, on like my head. And I felt like I saw that like super white light and just felt that peace. And I think those, those experiences are cool to, to like really see like not what's going on in your life, but just to, to bring Mm -hmm. you back to like, I'm alive and breathing and like, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. You could, everyone does Reiki a different way, which is something I I personally think it's so cool because I think like I know that it works, but it's also interesting to see how everyone works. Um, Because some people, like when I um, perform Reiki, I will always get messages or downloads that I will tell the person. And that's Mm. just because the Reiki master that I went to, that's how she operates. And that's who I, she didn't tell us that we had to do it this way, but I think naturally, like that's how I do it and feel more comfortable. So for example, I, if I give someone like Reiki over the, like, so I like to start at the root chakra. So the legs and then work my Mm -hmm. way up to the head, which is the crown. So if I touch someone's legs and I start to feel like a lot of anger, right. And I feel it on the right side of my body and I know that it's not mine. It's like the person that I'm giving Reiki, like, you know, the client. And that's telling me that. So because it's on the right is telling me that they are having anger towards their dads or their dad, someone on their dad's side of the family. And that Mm. anger is not allowing them to be in that vibrational state of safety. So the root chakra is all about family, but really it's about safety because that's like where our foundation starts. So if you don't let that enter, if you don't let that anger go, if you don't see what that anger is there to teach you, um, then it's going to block that chakra and it's not going to allow it to move. So I'll just Mm. like literally say it as I'm like giving Reiki, say it out loud so that they know that. And it's just for them. Like they can do whatever they want with that information. They can journal on it, on it later, later. They can ask me how I think um, they could go about it. Or they can just like a lot of times just like having that knowledge and being like, you know, I can let it go now. Mm. Um, it's helping moving the energy around because everything's just about bringing up to the vibration that we need to be. So like the root chakra has its own vibration, sacral has its own solar plexus heart and crown, you know, all of the chakras have its own vibration and it's about not being below it or even above it because we don't want it to be overactive either. So for example, anger is actually when you love someone so much, the love becomes too much to feel that it turns into anger because it's easier to feel anger interesting yeah I've never thought of it like that I'm curious if someone's never like gotten into this work or meditated done breath work done in the cold what would be a few like tips or things that Mm -hmm. uh you'd say to them Mm. so my first one would probably be breath work I I've noticed that it's the favorite for beginners for two reasons. The first one is it's called the active form of meditation. So Mm. there's like a doing aspect to it. And then after you do the doing, you can actually get to this like meditative state. um, Whereas like sometimes like even at the end of yoga classes, like you have to lay down in Shavasana and so many people don't like it. Like it's so uncomfortable for them. Right. Um, So the breath work will really get you there. 
two with breath work it you kind of get like fast results meaning that you feel it instantly in your body and the messages are typically like very clear mm-hmm. um not necessarily meaning that you have to receive a message but it could be the message as simple of like their body feeling calm and then when i go and tell someone like this is how you're supposed to feel 24 7 right. they're like literally mind blown they're like you're not supposed to be feeling anxiety 24 7 i'm like no like not even close oh i know yeah so i would say breath work is my favorite one um yeah and that's for people who like i feel like don't like yoga like Mm -hmm. yoga is like a good place to start like me personally i'll be honest i started with yoga sculpt um which is just like yoga with weights and like when I was a yoga instructor and like people would come into like the studio to find out more information if I knew that they were already working at a gym like doing weight training I'd be like you got to come to our yoga school class because you'll fall in love with that and then you'll fall in love with the practice of yoga and then it, mm. it's sort of you know and I feel like everyone just has there's different doors to enter, you know, into spirituality. And then we have like the main ones, like the breath work and meditation, sound bowl healing and yoga. Then once you sort of get into that door, then you can, you have access to the rabbit hole. And the rabbit hole, I would describe as like plant medicine, energy clearing, Akashic records, full moon uh, manifesting, full moon rituals, um, community circles, uh, cacao ceremonies, you know, cold, uh, cold plunge even, like yeah. I would say is more down the rabbit hole lane only because it's so intense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I love it. And uh, I never really got into yoga because I'm super immobile, but I think I should do <laughs> a, a yoga sculpt. I think that would help. So. Yeah, you can. You also... Unfortunately, you probably just didn't go to a good teacher, if I'm going to be honest. Like, if you have a good teacher, like, your body will feel so good afterwards that there is no way you could, like, fall in love with, you know? And again, like, I fell in love with it because I learned all about, like, the yoga fundamentals and Mm -hmm. the chakras in our bodies and why we're breathing, like, okay, I'm just going to assume, do you know what? A yoga instructors mean when we say breath to movement Mm-mm. okay so we'll go through like a sun a which is like inhale mountain exhale baby back bend inhale mountain yeah, yeah. exhale forward fold okay so um breath to movement means you can only inhale going up to mountain and then when you're up there you can only exhale so it's like a meditation into it Mm. so it's like and a lot of people like don't really know this so they're just like breathing and exhaling up and into mountain it's like no you're literally taking all of your energy all of your air up into your body and then distributing it into different parts of your body so it's like a really like meditative process of being like diligent almost of where your breath is going of where your energy is going of seeing how long you can really inhale for and how long you can exhale for and that's like really the goal of yoga is like you're not breathing that much like your inhales Mm -hmm. are very minimal because of how long they are uh but again no judgment if you 
don't like it. I'm just like really passionate of yoga. It's like, oh, give me a chance. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I agree. I need to like, I'm deep into the breath work, like the cold plunge stuff. And um, so I'm getting more into like working on my mobility and stuff. Like I go to the gym every day. So, um, but that's also like my sort of like therapy as well for like my mind. And I even caught myself like over this past semester when things were getting rough that I would overtrain my body physically because it helped me mentally like to work out and things like that. So yeah, but I definitely, I will be getting into the work um, soon. Yeah. Um, I want to be conscientious of your time, Eileen, and I, I really appreciate you coming on. I just want to take this moment before we go into like a last question uh, to honor you for doing the work that you do and for changing the lives that you change. I think Aww. it's important to, to hold space for that. And a lot of people talk the talk, but uh, not a lot of people walk the walk. So um, yeah. I appreciate you and, and all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All the kind words. Yeah, of course. And if there's one last thing you could, uh, you could leave the world with, what would you say? And take a few oh, beats yeah. on this one. Cause I don't like rushing people into, you know, like big questions. And I think yeah. uh, a lot of people's intuition have a lot of things to say. So. Mm -hmm. mm. That's a good one. Can I say it? And then if I mess up, I was like, no, I want to use a different one. We could change it. Absolutely. Okay. 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 Um, I feel like I really ever changed my mind though probably that there is no such thing as mistakes and that you are always where you're exact or you are always no no you are exactly where you are supposed to be and that if you learn to accept those words your perspective will change instantly and your life can change from one second to the next Mm, I love it. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. And we always ask this other question that I completely forgot about. I can't believe I almost forgot about it. But it's, um, if you could text yourself five years in the past, what would you say and why? And then if you could text yourself five years in the future, what would you say and why? Okay, meaning that, so present, right? So five yes. years in the past, and then this girl, texting myself five years in the past yes okay. so like yeah, yeah yeah you got it yeah okay um well first let me think about where I was five years ago this question was so fun, funny with Mike he was like yeah he's like five years ago it was like I was probably in college at a party like doing cocaine or something and I was like <laughs> I was like, I was like, thanks for being honest. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was not doing that. I was <laughs> very much on my spiritual journey. It's so hard because I wouldn't change anything. I would mm -hmm. just like give myself words of encouragement. Um, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I could think of that I would change is like, you should have invested in stocks. <laughs> you should have invested in Zoom. <laughs> um, okay, no, let me get serious. 
Okay. If I was texting myself for past Eileen, so five years ago, Eileen, mm -hmm. it would be nurture your inner child. Um, because I think even if she nurtured her inner child, she would still be where she is today. But the difference is that she wouldn't hide so much. Mm. Um, yeah. If anything, she probably would have made more mistakes and that's okay. And yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Because if you nurture your inner child, I feel like you're also nurturing fear because right. children don't have any fear. And it's almost like, I wish I made more mistakes, but I didn't make any mistakes as a, I honestly, I, not to say that I didn't make mistakes, but I wasn't one of those people who like got blacked out drunk constantly. Like I have a couple memories that way, but that wasn't like my everyday. I didn't mm -hmm. date around. I didn't sleep around. I didn't, you know, that I wish that I would just make more memories without the fear of what others will think. So nurture yeah. the inner child or nurture the fear would be the thought. And for future Eileen, it would be stop being your worst enemy. Yeah. Mm. That's deep. Mm -hmm. I had to write that one down. Um, Eileen, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on this episode. I really, I'm really grateful and appreciate it. And again, like you're doing amazing work. So where can, uh, yeah. people find you on social media, all that good stuff. I'm going to link your stuff and definitely tag you in a bunch of clips, but, um, you got it. Uh, best one is probably unearth.la. That's one where I'm like really open. I'll talk about all the weird shit, all the spiritual <laughs> shit, all the random questions. Like I appreciate, you know, like I love this talk. Like I don't mind if I go down a rabbit hole and be like, you know what? I actually don't believe in that. <laughs> Let's back up, you know, because it's like who who knows what we're even talking about. Absolutely. Um, besides our experiences, but that's the Instagram and that's also my website. So www.unearth.la, not .com.la yeah got it i love it and uh yeah definitely head towards eileen and her page and mike's um both beautiful souls and very mm -hmm. uplifting and it's a it's definitely a place to to build a community and things so thank yeah. you so much for listening to this episode uh if you made it this far i love you i mean i love you regardless if you made it this far or not but all right <laughs> we'll catch you guys in the next one